to learn how to deal. We have to learn how to deal with this pain, right? So we are not wrestling with flesh and but we wrestling against principality. So first, we have to know we are alone. Secondly, we have to know who is the real enemy. And the real enemy is not the man or the woman or the child that you are seeing. The real enemy is the devil, the enemy behind that, that causes them to do things that they ought not to do. That's one, that's two. Number three, you must know what kind of war you are in. What kind of war you are fighting. And First Peter 8 to 9 tells us what kind of war we are fighting. So let's see if we could look at it. First, first Peter 5, 8 to 9. And it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a warring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. The devil is seeking whom he may devour. So the word is telling us that we must be sober. We must be vigilant. We must be on guard. If you see a soul there yeah, who not minding his business, he expects to get up, shoot out. Because when you go into war, everybody has a common enemy. Everybody is focused at this common enemy and they move together as a team. That's the next thing. When you are at war, you don't ever go to war by yourself. You never see one soul there if you get caught of God, but you never see one soul there going to war against an army. It's an army of soldiers going to war against another army. That's how it always ends. One army going against the other army. And you have to be vigilant. You have to be sober. You have to be focused. We need to be focused if we are in this war. Sometimes we take things lightly. We take things. We don't, we don't pay much attention to when something happens. I wasn't there, but I want to use a reference to the wedding on Saturday, right? The officiating pastor got his vehicle damaged. The keyhole pastor got his vehicle damaged. That was not by chance. As far as I, I believe that, that was a direct attack. But you know yes. why? You know why all my portraits? You know why that could not come to pass? Because everybody was at war months now for this wedding. Yeah. So we were fighting a long yeah. time. We didn't wait until the day to fight. Yeah. We were fighting a long time. And how we were fighting? We were praying, we were covering, we were pleading, we were talking to God, we committed yeah. everything. So we know that, I know that that was an attack. But yes. we have already won the war. You understand? Yeah. The next thing is when we understand who we're fighting, we must we need to know what are the 
things. Number five, you must know what is the strategies of the enemy. What is the strategies of the enemy? What causes us to be in a war? What causes us to give up when in a war? Because this war is not no easy war. I can speak from experience that this war is not an easy war. And the enemy uses all kinds of strategies to cause us to malfunction for want of a better way, but to stream. What are some of the strategies that the enemy uses? First and foremost, temptation. The enemy tempts us. If you're a believer and you say you are not tempted, something is wrong with your Christian walk. All of us are tempted. But the Bible says we ought to do what? Resist. And he will flee. Sometimes you're not, you can't resist by yourself. You need to call up a partner. You know, I feel like to go and drink. I know I ain't supposed to drink. But if I take one sip, I'm going to drink a whole bottle. You need to call a prayer partner. You need to counteract that temptation. There are all other kinds of temptation, right? We have to know that that is a strategy of the enemy to weaken us in this world. Another strategy, and I give you a few of them. Another strategy is lack of forgiveness. And one of my nieces asks me, when a family member hurts you, how do you forgive and move on? And I said to her, forgiveness is not for you. It's not for them. It is for you. Because if we don't forgive, we will not be forgiven one. When you don't forgive, you do not get better, you get bitter. You start to harbor all kind of resentment towards that person. You start to resent even when doing nothing. If it, it, it looks like you resent them. If somebody hurts you and you see somebody talking to that person, they, they hurt you with mango, they're talking about plum, but because they're talking, you feel it's you they're talking about. So you now begin to dislike the person that is talking to them. You understand? So temptation is one of the strategies that the enemy Lack of forgiveness is another one. Discouragement. <clears throat> you be, we become discouraged. And I'm speaking from experience. You ask yourself, you're giving, you're giving, you're giving, you're giving your all. And who did they give you? You're talking, you're counseling, you're advising, you're guiding, you're doing everything. And when you reach a point where you need somebody, and you know where you tell yourself, you see me, me, I know what everybody again. I can have I just let me live for me now. And yeah. it's a plan at the enemy to stress us out. With discouragement comes isolation. Because if you fell over people, you don't want nobody by you. You don't want to talk to nobody. You don't want to see nobody. And what happens when the enemy gets us alone? He isolates us to destroy us. Because in that point and time, when we are isolated, we ain't thinking no good to it. Trust me. 
yeah. the end is no good thoughts when we are at that point of isolation. Another strategy of the enemy is division. And through it, has that experience. We understand what that did. That was a plan of the enemy, not only to mash up the church, but to mash up our leaders. Yeah. Have them question their leadership. Did I? Was I? Did I? You understand? That yeah. was a strategy of the enemy to mash up our leaders. And I thank God for yeah. God that we have leaders that could have supported the leaders, you yes. know, and push them back on to good works. Because mm -hmm. I know, I know, I understand that point where I've done all I can. I have given all I have. And mm -hmm. yet still, this is what came my way. Well, you see me, there's the enemy and given the enemy and that. You understand? The vision I believe is one of the main strategies that the enemy uses. The yeah. enemy cannot divide two people that do not have fellowship with each other. The enemy attacks good fellowship, good friendship. We have a, a team in truth. The enemy is going to try. Let us not be idle. That's why we need to keep focused. Let us not be idle because things are going to come. They are going to come, my brethren, that will cause us to want to give up, go our own way, say, I fell up others. You understand? I pray God that it never comes. But let us be focused. Let us know his strategy so that when it comes, we can handle it in the way it's supposed to be handled. Yes. A next strategy of the enemy is doubt. Is doubt. And can God really provide? I pray so long. I have this debt and I talk into God. And you only hear in the past and all of them saying, how faith God is going to come true. And it's not a question, though. God, you really come true. One person, I'm sorry, she's not here tonight, that I admire is Sister Timita. So said to me, God, okay, on what it is, she holding on to God. That's what he said. Yes, yes. And yes. I admire that. And I, I, I pray that all of us can reach to that point where if God said it, he will do it. And I'm talking to myself right now. Eh? It might take 20 years, 25 years. It will take a time. But if God said it, and we know we have to know his voice. We have to know whether it's God saying it, whether it's man saying it to us, or whether we saying it to ourselves. You understand? Sometimes you desire something so much that you want to think that it's God saying it, and it's not God or no. It's yeah. because you desire that thing. So we must know that it's the voice of God that is speaking to us, that God said, this is what it is, and in his time, it will come to pass. We don't only doubt with provision. We doubt God's plan for our lives, right? And let me give you an example, and then I will take a pause, see if anybody have any 
questions or anything, right? Years now, and many, many years, yes, many, many, many years, it was prophesied over my life that a young man, a very young man said to me, Mother, you know you can't marry no any and everybody. You have to marry a pastor because he wants you to be a pastor. That was many, many, many years ago, right? And I just take it as coming from a child. But I ain't talking about the married party. You know, within recent times, I am being called pastor. <laughs> that, 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 I fully accept it. But I'm just saying, how many years ago this was said? Yes. And it is now coming to fusion, should it come to fusion, right? Not every time that God says something to us, it happens. But God's plan and purpose will prevail in our lives. Whether we run, whether we hide, whatever we do, what is God's plan for our lives, as long as we make ourselves available, that plan is going to come to pass. That is another doubt that the enemy causes to come up to us. So long I hear this. So long I hear this. You understand? So long, so long I hear this. And it's like, look how much years gone and nothing happening. We need to trust. We need to wait. And believers are talking to myself tonight. Yeah? We need to wait. Another doubt is, does God really answer prayer? You ask yourself that. Why? Because you're praying, they say, seek, ask, and it shall be given. So you ask him. But are we really asking amiss? Or are we really asking in faith? How we asking? How we praying? What, you know, we need to ask what all these questions comes up to us. The question of doubt. The question of division. People want to divide. Some people want to divide because they feel they should be the person sweeping the church inside our sister sister. I should be the person carrying the water for the pastor inside the sister sister. And confusion starts right there. Brethren, confusion does start from a little, little thing. And we have to guard our minds. We have to guard ourselves. We have to keep focused. Keep focus because we are in a war. And most times when you look at war, when you look at how does the enemy infiltrate anybody's camp? Is it that somebody crossed the floor or somebody was asleep? They wasn't paying attention and so they get caught off guard. Let us keep our focus. Let us yeah. keep our focus and don't be caught off guard. And last but not least, the enemy causes distractions. He distracts us. For example, we're supposed to be reading our word on a daily basis. You know what is what happens sometimes? You're so busy. You have this to do, that to do, the other to do, and you don't have time to read your word. And you know it, what you tell yourself? When I was reading whole months, always a big thing. And if you start now to slack on reading your word. When you slack on reading your word, when you slack on praying, what you're doing? 
They're living on yesterday's grace. Every day we need to renew our mind. We need to have a new grace within us. So when we become distracted with things that, for example, let us, I use a meal. I would at a, a place that if you take it on, it could send up your stress level, right? And sometimes you get up in the morning and you roll over in your bed. And instead of the first thing coming to your mind is, Father God, I give you praise. You know, is the first thing coming to your mind? And when then people coming out to do that work today, boy, then you have to catch yourself and say, wait, wait. Come, get yeah. the God of his time, and then you do whatever. You understand? I had a, a, a child with me this weekend, and one night I went to bed, I was really tired eh, because she's a good bit. And I lied up, and we were talking, and then she said, um, you're going on sleep and we pray it. <laughs> you understand? And I was like, okay, honey, sorry, sorry. And if, because I she said I was really going to sleep without praying. I tell you, they be true. You understand? And, uh, and I would I would I would ask about mother's prayer every night. Where's the big thing? But yeah, this child saying, we going on sleep and we pray it. So we need to not let little things, it doesn't make big things at little things distract us. We need to keep our focus. Let me take a one-minute pause. Does anybody have anything to add to ask the minors? Where is my face? My, my hand was up for a minute of the class. I just wanted to I just wanted to ask the question. What is the prayer miss? I heard you talk about a miss. So I wanted to ask for the benefit for everyone else. What is praying and miss? Thank you. What is praying and miss? How the Bible? Sometimes we pray for things that's just mere. Sometimes we pray for things that we know definitely is not of one, but you still want it. So you're praying about it. That is praying and miss that because you know already is not of God. We're praying for that. To, to force the hand of God, we cannot do that. We cannot force the hand of God. That, uh, that in my opinion, is praying and miss. I can't find an example right off the top of my head, but praying for things that is okay. God called you to be an intercessor. You know God called you to be an intercessor, but you like being a worship leader. You can't sing it but you could pray. You could pray because God anointed you for that. And you asking God every time you go down, you want to be relieved of intercession prayer to be a worship leader. You're asking him, you're going to do it. I know what God called you to do. I'm not saying it cannot be developed, but it's not what God called you to do. And some of us have many hearts. Some of us wear many hearts. So you could be an intercessor, you could be a warrior, but some of us know definitely we cannot sing. You cannot yeah. sing to save life, but that's what you want. Yeah. You understand? Yeah, the Bible says make a joyful noise, but <laughs> so that might but and pastor and, uh, and others, I really don't know how to read and watch this thing while I'm ministering. So cut me now. Yeah, with my hand up. <laughs> okay. But um, I want to say, well, I I think one of the the the, the um 
things that people pray and miss for the most is like females who want husbands or they see somebody that they want or somebody that they like and they're praying for that person and God do not have that person in store for you. You have somebody else, but you insist that you want this person and you insist on praying God, you know, join me with this person, whatever, however you pray for it. I think that's one of the main things that a lot of women pray for when they're looking for a husband and they see somebody that they want. I agree. Anybody so, else? So is it safe to say Praying and misses when you're praying for your own desire and not the will of God. Is it safe to say that? Yes. Your yeah. will, will. All right. Thank you. Anybody else have any other comments? Okay. So I'll go on. I'll read you number five and points to win a war. So I will recap. We must know we are at war. Two, we must know who the real enemy is. Three, you must know what kind of war you are in. Four, you must know what kind of principles to use. Um, no, I didn't get to that. I get to that in a bit. You must know what the enemy's strategies are. Right? What the enemy's strategies are. And I gave you a few of them. Now I want to talk about you must know where the battlefield is. Where is the battlefield? The battlefield is your mind. The battlefield is your mind. Most of these distractions begin there in your mind. That's why the word says we ought to renew our mind according to Romans 12. I think it is on these two. Let me make sure. Give me one minute. Romans 12, verse 2 says. Am I reading the writing? Hold on, hold on, I'm coming, I'm coming. Whosoever therefore resisted the power, resisted the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. That's Romans 13, and that was the wrong scripture. Forgive me. Romans 12, verse 2, and it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. By the renewing of your mind. 
Okay, so we should be renewing our mind on a daily basis. But let's talk about our weapons of war. Number seven. What is our what are our weapons of war? Soldiers go out and they have guns, different types, different size, different quality, different range, different whatever. We have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But in that word, there are things that we can use. Prayer is one of them. Prayer is one of the weapons of our warfare. Talking to and with God. That is prayer. Talking to and with God. Another one of our weapons is faith. Having faith as small as a mustard seed, having faith in God can help us to win our war. Three, reading your word. Read the Bible so that you can say thy word have I hear in my heart that I will not sin against thee. We need to read the word. We need to have fellowship with God. Some of us, we go before God and we ask and we ask and we ask and we ask and we don't wait to hear what God says. When we don't ask, we say, Amen, get up and we go on. You know, just as you can hear pastor saying, pray. But when you pray, take a few minutes and wait on God and let God handle Hear what God says. And that is so, so true. We need to have fellowship with God. And how do you fellowship? The more you talk with somebody, a person, the more you get to know them. The more you be in a person's company, in a person's presence, that is in the natural, the more you get to know that person. I can say that my pastors know me to a certain extent, and I know them because we spend time together. We fellowship. That is the same thing we have to do with God. We have to spend time with God. We have to sing. We have to pray. We have to praise. We don't only go to God and ask for things. We need to fellowship with him. And I have a pastor like to say, love upon your God. We need to do that. Love upon our God. And the next thing that is a weapon of our warfare is fellowshipping with other believers. Brethren, this pandemic is a plan to destroy the mind. When the, when the mind of a person is destroyed, that person is destroyed. What begins in your mind? Depression begins in your mind. Sickness begins in your mind. Yes, yeah, sickness begins in your mind. Everything begins in your mind. Fellowshipping with other believers. The word says iron sharpened iron. Fellowshipping with other believers. And fellowshipping does not mean that you have to be in that person's presence. It means that you can send a text and say, good morning, I'm thinking of you. That's all you know. You send some little message. You reach out to that person. Many believers are shut in. They're not working anywhere. Their only escape was going to the house of God, and now they cannot do that. What are we 
who can freely pick up our phone and call them, who can freely send a message to them. It have a sister I called for her birthday and sang for her. And she was so elated that somebody called and sang for her birthday. And I, I said, well, I, I just like to do that. I call everybody for the birthday and tell them happy birthday because to me, birthday is a big thing. That is God saying to me, I have an extra year to another year, you begin another year. So I think everybody's birthday is special. But how many of us does really reach out to each other? Forget birthday, just reach out to each other. Or do we just reach out to our immediate circle? We have members in church. For whatever reason, we're not seeing them. We're not hearing them. Some of them really disgusting, yes. But can't we just stand and say, we are thinking of you. We are missing you. How are we doing? You may ask the question, how are we doing? And when you get the answer, you will say, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't know Sister Cecily was going through all of that. That's why we wasn't seeing her. We need to reach each other. We need to fellowship with each other. We, we, I can't emphasize how much we need to be there for each other. A strategy of the enemy is to isolate us. When you're by yourself, your mind runs away with you. When you're by yourself, you begin to feel nobody cares. When you're by yourself, you begin to feel nobody considers you. You yeah. ask yourself, what is your purpose? For yeah. still being around. Because it's like, yes, I'm no use. That's how you feel, right? But it may not be so. You ask yourself, God, why you ain't call me home? I live right, I do everything. It's about time, right? But we need to be there. I cannot emphasize it enough, brethren. Let us be there for each other. Do not allow the enemy to cause another one of us to become a wounded soul. And if you look at, at those army shows, what does happen to a wounded soul? All those that are standing surround and protect and move to a safe place. That is what they do. They surround, they protect, and move to a safe place. We need to protect our soldiers, whether they're fallen or not, and move them to a safe place. Back to the place of prayer, encourage them back to the word, encourage them back to God. Now, I'm not talking about rebellious saints that they want to help, yeah? that feel they should mash up and crash up and everything. I'm talking about when we have soldiers, when we have people with us that have fallen by the way, for whatever reason, that we reach them and we bring them back to the fold. All right? Another one of our weapons is. We must communicate with God effectively. So we know our weapons, right? We must know what we're fighting with. We know who we're fighting, but we must know what we're fighting with. And <laughs> this is a joke, right? I have a neighbor who's professed to be a believer. For anybody in the neighborhood that is too, she comes outside and she starts to rattle tongues and walk on the house and carry on. And everybody take it and make that joke. No, I'm not telling believers to do that. Eh? Yes, tongues is a one of our weapons. But tongues is not a weapon to drop words to people. So we ought to be careful. We ought to keep our focus. We ought to know what we are about. 
and, and just continue to ask God to be with us. And last but not least, we must know we will not lose the battle. We must know we will not lose the battle. And why wouldn't we lose the battle? I want us to look at Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. I close with these three scriptures. Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. Okay, I'll follow this. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Put on, brethren, the whole armor of God. And that is another session, the armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God so that we will be able to stand. If we have on the armor of God, we know we cannot lose the war. We cannot lose the battle. The next thing I want to look at is Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace, and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I know the thoughts I have towards you. And the last scripture is Romans 8, 35 to 37. Romans 8, 35 to 37. shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness? Who, Jesus, or perilous sword as it is written, for thy sake we are lifted for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, and I love this, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. Beloved, we are in a war. From the time we choose to give God our lives, we choose to be in a war. But we know who we are fighting. We know the, strat the strategies, you know, 
one thing in your favor is when you know somebody, you know what to expect of them. So when you know the strategies of the enemy, you know what to expect. We know the weapons that we have that we fight with. Tonight, I want to encourage us. We are more than conquerors because of him who loves us. We are more than conquerors. Know your God. Know that he said he will never leave us nor forsake us. Know that we need to renew our minds on a daily basis. Know that when we call upon him, he will hear and he will answer. We may not like the answer, but he will answer. Know that if we have faith in him, which is to trust him, things will come to pass. Know that if we commit our minds, our bodies, our souls unto him, we can only be winners in this war because we are warriors armed and ready. God bless you, Rich. Pastor Marlon. Thank you, Minister Mora. You're welcome. Okay, we want to thank everyone who was here tonight listening. We hope that you run with the wood, put on the whole armor, and know that we are in a war, because I know all of you all have been going through the COVID and all of that for the past, let us call it, years, because the year is almost up. Yes, almost up, so we say two years, and we are in a war and battling. We want to thank Minister Mora for that. This is True Faith. We are True Faith Ministries International. We thank you for listening, and we will want to welcome you again and hope you join us for our Sunday morning service at 9 o'clock again, our Bible studies. Monday at 7 o'clock. And we will be coming with some other things. <laughs> they are in the works. So keep in touch with us so that you would get information. Now I turn you over to our pastor for our last word. Hallelujah. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you, Sister Cicely. Thank you, Minister Nicholas. I trust God that you all were blessed by that word tonight. And I pray that you all will apply to your lives. There is a lot of pointers there for us to apply to our lives. So I trust God that you would apply every word that you would have learned tonight to your lives. May God bless and keep everyone that is here tonight, every house, every home, every family, everyone that has joined us tonight. We pray a special blessing upon your home. And we thank you all for joining. God bless you all, Richie, tonight. Bye for now. God bless. Bye. God bless, everyone. Blessings. Blessings to everyone. Good night. Good night. Bye, Minister Nicholas. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, bye, everyone. Good night. Yes,
FMI presents Conversations Through Faith, where we talk about real issues and real situations through faith. Stay tuned. TFMI presents Conversations Through Faith, where we talk about real issues and real situations through faith. Stay tuned. TFMI presents Conversations Through Faith, where we talk about real issues and real situations through faith. Stay tuned.